The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. I want to talk a little bit about this report from the Department of Health that Ireland is ageing faster than any other country in Europe. Paul Cullen is the Irish Times Health Editor and he's been writing about this report for the paper today. Paul, you're welcome to the show. Can you talk us through the main aspects of it? Sure. Um, it's a Department of Health report that looks at all aspects of our health and our life, really. Um, but what struck me yesterday was the... Um, Throughout the report, what permeated was the um, astonishing extent to which um, our population is ageing. I mean, we know that it's ageing, but uh, the figures are really quite stark. Over the last uh, decade, we've added 200,000 people in the 65 and over category. And then looking forward, if you look at the over 85-year-olds, which is the, um, the, 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 the part of the demography that experts really have concern about because uh, they tend to be the sickest, um, you're looking at uh, there's about almost 90,000 uh, over 85 year olds at the moment. In 20 years' time, we'll have 220,000, 222,000. It's forecast. So you know that that's a big increase in people who tend to have what 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 doctors call um, comorbidities. They often in that age group they might have two or three conditions that need minding. Um, I mean, it's not all bad news um, from the report. Um, we we have the the, the highest life expectancy in Europe uh, from birth. Um, it's increased, it's 81 for men, 84 for, for women, uh, and we're having longer, healthy life years. Um, so um, it just poses uh, a challenge for us in terms of organization. And obviously, um, older people are heavier users of the health mm. service. And you can already see that in the report. Obviously, as you might expect, you're more likely if you're old, you have a medical card, you're more likely to go to the GP more often, you're more likely to have private health insurance. And, and the fact that we're ageing faster than anywhere else, I mean, is is that simply a reflection of us playing catch-up on other countries in terms yeah. of demographics? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's not so long ago, a few decades ago, since we were calling ourselves the young Europeans. Uh, and um, in spite of talking about the issue of the ageing society, I mean, it has been ageing. Um, that's been something that maybe we, hasn't been in the foreground of our, of our mind. Uh, and w- w- we have had a pass on that because... Um, Compared to anyone who goes, obviously, in Europe, would be struck by, the, by the, the mature age of the population there. And we're nowhere near that. And we also have had higher immigration over the last decades as well, which has um, uh, increased the, the, the pool of, of, of people of uh, working age, which, which has helped to, to an economy. Uh, Dr. Barra Roundtree is with us as well. He's an economist at the ESRI. Uh, Barra, what are the economic implications for demographics shifting in this way? Yes, they're huge, really. So, as you kind of outlined, the population is ageing rapidly, and part of that's because we're you know living longer, which is a great and brilliant thing. But that does bring with it some challenges, right? So, you know, even if the state just did what it does today, it means that we're going to need to spend more on healthcare, on long-term care, and on pensions in particular. And on top of that, then, I think, you know, there's pretty broad recognition, if you look at the opinion polls, that lots of people, most people, want the state to do more in many areas. And so just in terms of the, the, the big overall economic uh, impact of this means that we're likely going to need to raise more taxes, that if we want to fund the even the existing level of services that we have today, it's going to cost more, a lot more into the future because our, our population is changing so much. And so if we're not going to do things like cut spending elsewhere, if we're not going to do things like increase the pension age, one of the really big implications of this kind of changing demographics and, and ageing population is that we'll need to raise more in taxes. Mm. Uh- 
Is there strong evidence that in terms of policy and politics and planning that we are well equipped to deal with all of this? Well, I mean, we have a long, t- we, we have a, a good long lead in to, to, to deal with it. We know there, there is the, you know, the, we were aging rapidly, but we're aging from a position where we're, as, as, as Paul was saying, look very young in terms of uh, uh, relative to our European counterpart. So from that point of view, we have time. We have a lot of time to kind of deal with this. But, you know, the kind of conversations that we're having, if you look at, you know, reactions to things like the Commission on Tax and Welfare Report, or if you look at reactions to raising the state pension age, they maybe seem to kind of suggest that, oh, well, we don't really need to deal with this at all, that we can, you know, the, we can just pay for it and, and don't need to worry about it at all. But in the long run, we are going to have to deal with this. We are going to have to make probably more difficult choices than we're used to making. You know, we've, we've had, all in all, if you look at the last 30 years, a remarkably successful uh, 30 years. We've had, a, you know, rapid growth. We've had very inclusive growth. You know, we're one of the few countries uh, in the world in the, of advanced economies who've seen a decline in income inequality. Right? And, and, you know, we've managed to do that while growing astoundingly fast. And that's made things kind of easier to do over the you know the past 30 years. Um, and if we're not going to have that growth and if we're going to have these bigger challenges, you know, there, there's, there's you know, hopefully that growth does continue. But if it doesn't, we do have these big challenges and that does make it a bit harder to deal with. So, you know, uh, there are big challenges ahead and we shouldn't kind of lose sight of the scale of them, but we do have time to deal with them. And But but it is important to start having, I suppose, then those conversations about how we deal with them now. And as Paul said, you know, the, the, the rate at which we're ageing is a reflection of us catching up on, on where other European societies mm. and countries are and have been for some years. So to a degree, I suppose, we can look at what they have done to deal with this. I mean, you can, as you say, uh, uh, you know, broaden the tax uh, base, increase the tax take from the people who are already there, extant in the country, you can, I assume as well, increase the flow of inward migration as a way of dealing with this. Yeah, exactly. And, and we know that migration is such an important part of that as well. Like, So in terms of the fiscal contribution, if you want to just even narrow it down to that, we know that inward migration tends to bring with it a positive fiscal contribution. And that's because people who come to the country are coming to work, they're working age. And so, you know, they tend to be paying more in taxes than they kind of draw down on services and you can kind of actually also see in, in terms of our neighbours across the water the, the impact that the uh, OBR there, the Office for Budget Responsibility have shown that immigration is actually really important in terms of keeping their public finances on track. So a similar kind of lesson applies here and even if you want to think of it more broadly, you know, if we're going to have an older society and we're going to need more people involved in caring, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a population which is older and needs more both healthcare but also longer term care. Um, how, who are the people who are going to do that? There, there's likely going to be a need for more migration so we have more people of working age uh, to work in that kind of caring sector of our economy. Um, so again, it, it does pose all these um, big challenges and, and changes, but there are things like, as you say, migration that can be done to it. But also, you know, th- there is going to need to be that conversation around taxes. And I, I don't like to be the economist kind of always, always talking about this, but it is a really big thing that we're going to need to deal with. And, and as part of that, you know, with an ageing population, <clears throat> part of that's likely to be people who are beyond the pension age paying a bit more in tax. So, you know, currently PRSI doesn't apply to the income of people above the state pension age. That's something which the government are going to have to look at in the years ahead, particularly if you're not going to have increases in state pension age, mm. which seems to be something that most political parties are are now agreed on. But that does come with a cost and someone's going to have to shoulder that burden. And it probably isn't, you know, the best idea or the fairest idea if all of that burden is shouldered by the you know the, the smaller working age population. What uh, like I mean, is there much divergence uh, in, in terms of how other European countries have approached it? 
Um, well, again, lots of the other European countries are kind of experiencing this at the same time, you know, so they're all, they're, most European countries are ageing now. Um, mm. We're starting from kind of, we're, we're starting from a very favourable position in terms of, of those um, um, demographics, but we're starting from a very favourable position because we've had such a, a weird and, and in a way, poor future, right? We had outwards migration consistently through the, uh, the you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, and, and kind of in a way, what, what we're dealing with now is that our population structure looks very different because a lot of the people who would be old today um, are living in Britain and the US. Um, and so, so again, from that point of view, we're, you know, we're, what we're experiencing is something not dissimilar to, you know, we're going to end up looking like maybe what, in, in, in 20 years' time, what Italy maybe looks like today. And so from that point of view, again, we're not going to be the old man of Europe if, or, or, or the like. And so we're not going to need to do as much of those countries. But mm. it's the change, you know, it's going to be, it's a really, it's going to be a really big change from the Ireland that we have today, just in terms of the, the public services that we need, just in terms of how we structure, again, our public finances. Um, but so it, even though, again, you know, we're not, no, no one's kind of saying that you know, we're going to be at the top of the pack in terms of the, 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 the um, age profile of, of the population, it is that change that's really going to think come as a big, uh, big difference from the Ireland that we live in today um, to, to the Ireland that we're going to live in in 20 years' time. And Barra, always interesting. Thanks, William, for taking the time. Dr. Barra Roundtree is an economist at the ESRI, and Paul Cullen as well was with us. Paul is the health editor with the Irish Times. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.